Praise the Lord. Come on, how many are grateful that they're free today? Amen. Well, we thank and praise God for God allowing our moments to roll on just a little while longer. Let me just say, first of all, I want to thank our children's ministry for their faithfulness in pouring into the lives of our children. The Iwana ministry will be kicking off in the next uh, couple of weeks. We've got Upwards uh, football coming on the horizon, uh, Upwards cheerleading, and all of these are events to intentionally pour into the lives of our children in a generationally relevant way. Um, While most of us who had some experience in church growing up, um, children's ministry was drawing on the program uh, every week and uh, your parents giving you some candy to keep you quiet. Uh, But we want to make sure that our children learn about Jesus in an age-appropriate way. Amen? And we've been doing this now long enough in these 29 years that I've been here uh, going all the way back to Pastor Trevor Calhoun when he was our children's ministry pastor and started Awana uh, upwards, started under Pastor Clemens, and we've just seen that grow and mature throughout the years. And now we have children uh, who are being ministered to by those who came through the program years ago and that's a blessing from the lord amen amen rooted and grounded make some noise make some noise man we have our uh testimony today regarding rooted and grounded and i want to encourage those of you who are watching wherever you are rooted and grounded as our discipleship culture here at our church it's not a program something that we do, something that we start and stop. It is our culture. We are committed to making the main thing the only thing. And whatever we do, whatever we say, we want to make sure that discipleship is at not just the center of it, but it is what we are doing. And we've had some tremendous testimonies that have been shared. Many have been shared that haven't even been recorded. I'm hearing stories about people all over Uh, the country about how God is blessing them and using this ministry to help change their lives. And uh, let's see this video today. given the opportunity to share my rooted and grounded experience and I feel honored to do it because um, God led me to rooted and grounded. Uh, I was searching for a church home for many years and I was out of the church for for many years and I was walking uh, by myself isolated with my Christian walk but the Lord was just leading me that I should be a part of a group. I prayed on it and the Spirit led me to good hope. I knew the second that the Holy Spirit told me that good hope Uh, that that was the place that I was supposed to go to. So I looked up online and it was a church called Good Hope. And uh, I listened to the pastor preach a couple times online and he preached the word. And 
I really felt led to join, so I joined. Um, as I joined, I wanted to take part of different uh, ministries, but I really wanted the Lord to lead me. Um, and I was just searching for a place that I fit in. So when I heard about the Rooted and Grounded experience, I was excited because they said it was going to be a small group setting and we were going to get a chance to uh, uh, just share our life and come together and uh, see the different faces of the Lord. Uh, so it was exactly, exactly what I was looking for. Um, but there was a pivotal point in the Rooted and Grounded experience. Uh, I was dealing with some personal things and Normally, I'm, I'm more outgoing, a little bit more talkative, but this particular week, I was a little bit more reserved. And although I wanted to speak on it, um, I had never really spoke on it before. Uh, so it's funny how uh, you could be battling with something so long uh, that it'll keep your mouth quiet even when you want to talk. Uh, but my group leader, Crystal Martin, she, uh, she saw it. She saw that something was different and... She asked, was there anything that she can do? And she also prayed for me. And I felt that it was a, uh, a pivotal point in my experience that I was able to be transparent enough uh, to let somebody in on my life and the deepest things that I was going through. But if I could say anything for any individual that is thinking about joining Rooted and Grounded, um, I say that search your heart, search the deepest things in your heart and uh, see where the Lord is leading you and where you want to go uh, with your walk in this, uh, this faith walk. And um, I can tell you that if you do decide to join it, that you will meet people that you would probably share your experiences with for the rest of your life. And you will form a family that uh, is a family that you would uh, cherish for the rest of your life because that's exactly what I received for it. Amen. Man, we thank Brother Sellers for that. Now, our Rooted and Grounded Worldwide uh, experience is closed for this session. We've already started last week with our kickoff. And um, today we begin week two. And I hope and pray that you're ready. So if you met last week, you should be getting ready now for your week two meeting and we'll be preaching through our curriculum as we have in the past, various and different aspects of it to encourage you to align our preaching on Sunday with what you're studying uh, during your life group and what you're reading throughout the week so we can help you become even stronger in the Lord. And we're excited about what God is doing. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we bless you and thank you for today. Uh, we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight, that it will bring glory and honor to you. We ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what your socioeconomic status is, you have an idea about God. Uh, whether you consider God capital G or small g, you have an idea about God. Whether you believe that God does not exist or you believe that God does exist, you have an idea about God. Uh, some of you believe that God created the world and has simply left it in the hands of man and has no concern about what happens from this point forward 
whatever mess we make is the mess that we make. Some believe that God is our cosmic concierge, that he is standing by waiting to meet our every whim, want, and need. My brothers and sisters, this week we begin our Rooted and Grounded Week 2 by answering the question, who is God? Who is God? And one of the things that we have to understand is that while we will look at this idea, this subject, theologically, you have to decide who God is going to be in your life personally. Most of us in here who started our walk with God some time ago, hopefully and prayerfully, your walk with God has grown, has increased over time. You're closer to the Lord, even if you get to that point, like the man who asked Jesus to come and heal his daughter when he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Sometimes your belief may be challenged, but your belief has never been abandoned. And so today, for a few moments, I want to begin looking at this subject, who is God, by looking at the message Elohim, the one who started it all. Elohim, the one who started it all. Now, there's so many ways that you can go when you talk about who is God, there's a plethora of opportunities in the scripture to see how God has interacted both with the children of Israel and with those who were followers of Jesus. But today, I want to go all the way back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The text says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's all we need right there. Elohim, the one who started it all. Here's the first thing I want you to see. Number one, you need to realize God is supreme in his presence. God is supreme in his presence. The text says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning. Uh, the first in terms of place, in terms of time, but that word also suggests First, in terms of rank, it is connoting to us this period of time, this point of departure to say that before God, there was nothing else. He was in the beginning. There is one who was supreme in presence, and that is God. Look at a God is self-existent and eternal. Nothing created or gave life to God. God existed before any and everything else. Nothing gave life to God. Everything was given life to by God. Now, my brothers and sisters, let me share something with you. There is a part of us in our intellectual um, minds that find it hard to accept this because we've been taught that we are the beginning of everything. We have been taught that we are the center of the universe. Uh, for many, many years, there was this belief that the sun was at the center of the solar system. And it just spoke to our egocentrism that somehow everything in the world revolves around us instead of thinking that the world that we live in revolves around a sphere called the sun. 
right? And we do the same thing in our relational experiences. We live as if everybody needs to understand and everybody got the memo that whoever's in my world, the world revolves around me. Um, I was watching last night a show and this couple was looking to buy a house and the husband had some strong ideas about what he wanted and the wife had some strong ideas about what she wanted. And then she said on camera without him present, he just doesn't know what he really wants until he gets what I want. It's when he gets what she wants that he's going to know what he really wants. Right? And a lot of people function that way as if the world revolves around them. God is self-existent and eternal. There's no beginning with God by something or somebody else. In the beginning was God. But look at B, God is totally self-sufficient. God is totally self-sufficient. He possesses everything that he needs within himself, within his very own being and personality. He needs nothing and he needs no one. This is the reason the Bible begins with God himself. It begins with God creating the heavens and the earth, listen carefully, so you and I would never make the mistake that it starts with us. He says, before you were thought of, God was in the beginning. Before your mama was thought of, God was in, before your mama's mama's mama was thought of. In the beginning was God. And sometimes we miss that, and I believe when we miss it, it causes us to do two things. One, it causes us to fail to acknowledge who God really is. See, for many of us, even though we say we believe in God, capital G, we live as if he is God, lowercase g. We live as if he is just one of a multiplicity of gods that we can pick and choose as we see fit. And he says, no, you got to know he is God all by himself. But the second thing we do, watch this. When we undervalue who God is, we attempt to take credit for everything we do and everything we see. Stories told of a, a man who went to a village to do mission work and to share the gospel. And he went into the home of a lady, and this lady had uh, all kinds of idols in her house. She had all kinds of trinkets, little gods in her house. And he said, uh, as he was standing there, he said he noticed, and he was asking her about these various images, these various little statues, and she was telling him, this is, this is the god of this, this is the god of this, this is the god of this. He said, and, and a big truck came through the neighborhood, rumbling, through the neighborhood almost felt like an earthquake this truck was so big and the house was almost a shanty it was so small and so fragile and and as the house shook as this truck barreled down the street he said one of the idols fell off the mantle and fell on the ground and he watched as she bent over picked it up wiped it off dusted it off and put it back up on the mantle and he thought to himself i don't need a god i've got to pick up 
I need a God who can pick me up. Somebody will get that on the way home. Look at Job 38 verses 4 through 7. Let's read it together. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. See, here's what many of us miss. Here's what many of us don't understand. Job started questioning because of what he was going through. He started questioning whether or, God, whether or not God knew what he was doing. So he began to question God. So God said, well, I got some questions for you, Job. You want to know where am I in your suffering? Where were you when the foundations of the earth were laid? Where were you when the measurements were taken? Where were you when the blueprints of this world were being developed? Isaiah 45 verse 18. Y'all sounded so good. Let's read it together. For the Lord is God. And he created the heavens and earth and put everything in place. He made the world to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. You and I need to realize and know that this entire world has come from the hand of God, that we belong to God and all we are and have belongs to the worship and service of God. Y'all, I don't know if you uh, have gotten to this place, but the older I'm getting, the more, the more I enjoy putting stuff in God's hand. Yeah, you know, when you're young, you want to keep everything in your hands. You, you know everything. But, but as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just learning now the joy of putting stuff in God's hand and just saying, Lord, you know what? Since you neither slumber nor sleep, there's no need in both of us staying up all night. You go on and... You handle it. I'm going to get some sleep, God, and I'm going to let you work it out. Here's the second thing. We talk about the one who started it all. Number two, you need to realize God is supreme in his person. God is supreme in his person. The text says in the beginning, God, God, everybody say God. Now, I want you to see something here. In the original language that when I first saw it, I had some questions, but then it just actually blew me away. In the beginning, God, who was in the beginning before the beginning began? The Bible says it was God. And the word there that's used is the Hebrew word Elohim. Now, what's interesting about the word Elohim, it is translated God's lowercase g-o-d-s in the ordinary sense but when it's used to speak about Yahweh it is used to declare the supremacy of the God that he is supreme above all gods now some of you may be asking okay wait a minute what do you mean it speaks to plural gods but when it speaks to God it speaks to his supremacy as the God. So some would argue that the plural Elohim is a justification of the idea of polytheism. 
the belief that we believe in many gods, lowercase g. Uh, there are some who would suggest that it is a belief in pantheism that we see God in everything, in everybody, that God exists in the world amongst all beings, all creation, all creatures. But here's what we need to understand. When the Bible uses the word Elohim to refer to our God, God is too big for the singular. You can't describe God in the singular. And so here's what the text basically teaches us. That God is plural in his person and his power, but personal in his concern. Let me put a quarter in the meter and park there because I lost some of y'all. He is plural in his person. When we describe God, the singular is not enough to describe him because of the plurality of his person and his power. Okay, let me make it real plain for some grammarians. Uh, some would say God is good. But the scripture says God is too big for is. So while it may be grammatically incorrect, it's theologically correct to say God are good. Because he's plural in his person and he's plural in his power. But thank God he's still personal in his concern. Have I got a witness in here anywhere? The Bible says God is both before the universe and supreme over the universe. And God wants a personal relationship with me. Look at 2 Samuel 7, 22. How great you are, O sovereign Lord. There is none like you. We have never even heard of another God like you. Job 12, 10. Let's read it together. For the life of every living thing is in his hand and the breath of every human being. He is the God of all might. He is the God of all power. He is the sovereign majesty and supreme master of the universe. I'm just trying to help you get a more vivid and accurate picture of who God is. Stop pulling him down talking about he's the man upstairs. Stop talking about me and God are all right. No, God is God by himself. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to realize God is supreme in his power. God is supreme in his power. The text says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Circle that word created. The word created there means to create and to make. But here's the significance of this word. Uh, it has tremendous theological significance because it communicates the sovereign power of God to not just create out of what exists, but to originate and create out of nothing. That, that's what that word literally means. It means that God, only God, is able to create out of nothing. He, he is the God who creates out of 
nothing. He takes nothing and makes something. He takes nothing and creates something for the first time. This, it's this idea of ex nihilo, out of nothing, God is able to make something. Um, I would go in the kitchen and, uh, you know, tell my mother I was hungry and she would say there's plenty in there to eat and I'd go in there and there was nothing. I said there was nothing. And she said, get out of here. Let, let me get in here. And in 15 minutes, there was a full meal. And I'm trying to figure out how she created something out of what I thought was nothing. But she had something to work with. Right? She, she had some elements to work. She had some stuff in the cabinet. There was some stuff in the refrigerator. There was stuff that she could pull together. But God, the Bible says, created the heaven and the earth, the heavens and the earth out of nothing. Um, the theory of evolution, it is a theory, it's not a thesis, it's a theory, is man's attempt to explain creation without God. That's what evolution is. It's man's attempt to explain the creation of the world without God. You won't even give God credit for the trace elements. So we don't want to acknowledge God. Uh, Merrill Tenney, a noted theologian, said to assert that a world as intricate as ours emerged from chaos by chance is about as sensible as the claim that Shakespeare's dramas were composed by rioting monkeys in a print shop. Uh, Edwin Conklin said the probability of life originating from accident is comparable to the probability of the unabridged dictionary resulting from an explosion in a printing shop. Some, some things just, how do you think you get, get order out of disorder? How, how can you get order out of chaos? God, God existed before anything else and he created everything else from scratch. That's why my faith is in the presence of God. My faith is in the person of God. My faith is in the power of God. Look at Isaiah 40, verse 12 through 15. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Acts 17, beginning at verse 24. Let's read it together. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, 
He doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Stories told of a scientist who wanted to let God know and challenge God that he can make a man just like God did. And so he challenges God and, and, and God creates man out of the dust of the earth, breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. God says, there you go. The scientist starts gathering his elements and he gathers some dirt. And God stops him and says, hold on. Get your own dirt. Here's the beauty of a God who can create out of nothing. Whatever you need, even if it doesn't exist, God can create it out of nothing. He can change situations, change circumstances. That, 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 that's a, a miracle working God that we serve who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think. That's the God that we serve. You must realize that nothing in this world is going to be made right apart from God because nothing in this world was made apart from God. Whether it's your personal life or you or anyone or anything in your concentric circles of contact, nothing will be right when you move away from God. And you've got to make sure that God, listen to me carefully, is not first in your life, but is at the center of your life. See, when God is at the center of your life, everything in your life is affected by what's at the center of your life. If God is first in your life, when you go to what's second, then does God stop being first? Does the primary become secondary when the secondary becomes primary? But everything in life, everything in life is affected when I put God at the center of a life. And when I move God out of the center, everything in life can go awry. Um, my wife and I were in Detroit not long ago and we went to the Motown Museum. And I was reminded of a fact that many of us have experienced growing up, uh, the beauty of the little 45 records. Y'all remember 45 records, right? You had 
78s, you had 33, that was the RPMs, the speed, and, and then you had 45s. And the 45s had that big hole in the middle, and you had to make sure you had the adapter to put that record on if it was gonna play correctly. Or you'd have to put that little click groove in the middle of it if all you had was that little spindle coming up that played the 33 and the 78s. Come on, somebody act like you know what I'm talking about. And so I saw one of those click grooves and I was reminded of, of how many times uh, I tried to play that 45 when I didn't have the click groove or the adapter. Don't act like I'm the only one. I, I wanted to hear that record so bad. Saturday morning was cleanup time, and that was the time we play music and we clean up around the house. And I want to play that 45, but we didn't have an adapter. I don't know where them click grooves went. I don't know who took them. I don't know what happened to them, right? And so I remember I said, man, I want to hear this record. And so, Deacon Martin, I put the record on the turntable where it was supposed to be. And then I put the needle on the record. And then I turned it on. And here's what I discovered. No matter where I put the needle on that record, it would never play right. And if it played right, it wouldn't play right long. And I realized the reason that it wouldn't play right and it wouldn't play right long had nothing to do with the needle. The needle worked. Had nothing to do with the record. The record was fine. It just wasn't anchored at the center. And when I failed to put the anchor at the center, it didn't matter where I put the needle. Some of y'all think I'm talking about a record and a record player, but I'm really talking about your life because if God is not at the center of your life, I don't care where you put the needle on your life, it won't play right. And if it plays right, it won't play right long. You've got to make sure that God is at the center. And can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters, please don't miss this. Too many times we'll get off center because we'll get distracted by other things. And we've got to always be reminded, put God at the center and keep God at the center of your life. Father, we bless you and we thank you. As we prepare to go into our life groups this week, talk about who is God I pray God that you will bring to remembrance to our brothers and sisters uh, what it means to know that God is God and that he's God all by himself God it is so easy when things are going well for us to begin to take credit for us to begin to take charge for us to think that we're handling things. And so God, I pray right now that you would remind us to keep you at the center of our lives. And I pray God that once we put you there and we keep you there, that we will do everything to stay out of your way, that your will would become our will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Give the Lord a hand of praise, if you will. Minister Chris Johnson is going to come now and give us our invitation. Everyone who can, everyone who will, please stand on your feet. For those of you who are watching, if you're watching today, wherever you are, here's the wonderful thing about the love of God. The love of God will meet you where you are, but it won't leave you there. God will make something beautiful out of your life if you allow him to. Um, you can go online right now in the chat room and let somebody know, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to become part of a, this church family. I want to join, whether it's in person or online. Um, I want to become part of a family of believers. We have ongoing discipleship offerings. Uh, we can get you in rooted and grounded in the winter session in January, but there are other discipleship options that are available at a more short term to help you connect with people who are seeking a closer walk with God. You can use the QR code on the screen or let somebody in the chat know whether you're in the sanctuary or out of the sanctuary, you can make that happen today.